Hey everybody, welcome to TPH Live, 10% Happier Live, which we do live from uh, my living room and the living rooms of some of the greatest teachers, meditation teachers in the world. The, the goal, as I always say, is twofold. One is to give you a little bit of a sanity break in the middle of your day or whenever you want during your day. We do five minutes of meditation and it, that meditation is good for people who've never meditated before or meditation pros, if there is such a thing. And uh, afterwards, we take your questions and then we send you on your way. And the other purpose for doing this is really to create a sense of community at a time when many people are feeling cut off. So our teacher today is uh, Jay Michelson, who's also a friend. Uh, hey, Jay, how's it going? Uh, and, and so two-part question, how's it going? And tell us a little bit about yourself, just for people who don't, who don't, who don't know anything. Sure thing. Um, it's going pretty well under the circumstances. I think uh, every one of us is probably going day by day, if not hour by hour. Uh, right now, I'm really happy to be here. And like you just said, it feels great to be able to help in some small way uh, for with, with people going through a lot right now. Um, so we and our, you and I are colleagues at 10% Happier. Uh, I'm an editor and I, I'm in charge of the weekly newsletter, which goes out to about a million people a week. Uh, and also the talks feature on the app, which are five to 10 minutes sort of bits of wisdom. Um, other than being a meditation teacher, I actually uh, was, have been a journalist for a lot of my life. I was an LGBT activist for 10 years, uh, and I've collected a lot of graduate degrees. So I have a PhD in religion and a law degree and rabbinic ordination. So if you want, Dan, I can give you some sort of blessing that I can make up on the spot, although I'd rather not. <laughs> I'll, I, I'll, you're off the hook. No blessing required. <laughs> I had a feeling. So, so you're going to do a, a bit of a different kind of meditation today. But before we dive into that, I, I, um, if, if I understand it, this is a meditation that's been helpful to you personally. So can you can talk about why, uh, what is the kind of meditation we're going to do and, and why has it been so useful to you? Sure. So, you know, I think it's helpful just for folks, again, beginners, intermediate, advanced, whatever, to know that a lot of the meditation that we usually do really actually has two parts. So we kind of, part one is like we calm down the mind. And when the mind is calm, we can see more clearly. Right? So it's kind of those two steps. So the mind gets calm by focusing on one thing, whether it's the breath or something else, and get, gets a little bit more centered, a little more quiet, and so forth. And then we can learn stuff, right? We can see our patterns. We can see our emotions. We can learn to coexist with difficult emotions like the ones that we're feeling a lot in the last month. And that's sort of the insight part. That's where like the real fruits of practice are. You can always adjust the ratio of those two. And in a time of extreme stress, and that's where we're living in now, of course, you can focus more on the calm part. Uh, and that's kind of what I want to do. Rather than sort of just breathing in and out and seeing what comes up and can I be with it, you know, just over and over and over again, which is a really the core valuable practice, uh, what we're going to do is a little bit different. Uh, we're actually going to manipulate the breath a little bit, which is like heresy for most of the meditation that we do. Most of the time, it's like just breathe normally and just notice what's happening. We're actually going to manipulate the breath a little bit to to accentuate calm. Um, and I found this extremely helpful. I learned this technique, which is, is called box breathing, and I'll explain it in just a minute, uh, from a longtime teaching colleague and friend of mine named Ari Weller, who runs an outfit called Philosophit. Uh, and he really helped me in the first couple of weeks of this pandemic when I was really suffering. Uh, from a lot of anxiety uh, and just was it was difficult to parent it was difficult to do my job it was just difficult you know to to function um, and what we need to remember you know also sort of from a meditation point of view is emotions happen not just in the mind or the heart but in the body as well and sometimes we can just work on the body 
as a way of addressing the difficult emotions. Like you don't have to go into the reasons I'm feeling anxious or the reasons that I'm feeling grief or loss. Um, you can sometimes just calm the body to calm the mind. Calm the body to calm the mind. Um, first of all, I appreciate you being so honest about, I think it's, I think it's very helpful and normalizing for somebody who's a meditation teacher to talk about experiencing anxiety because it makes the rest of us feel less bad about the anxiety we're feeling. And I'm speaking for myself here. Uh, so thank you for that. And so why don't I hit mute and, and let you take over and teach us how to do this thing? Okay, so uh, let's do it. So what we're gonna do is a special kind of breathing uh, where essentially we're gonna, be, the, the breath has four parts, uh, the inhale, the pause before the exhale, the exhale, and then the pause before the next inhale. So if you think about it before doing any special breath, you could just wherever you, let's say we're taking your breath in now. So there's the inhale, and there's a little pause at the top before you exhale, and a tiny little pause before you inhale again. Okay, what we're gonna do now is exaggerate each of those four parts of the breath. And I should point out, you know, a lot of people almost every time are writing in, it's hard to focus on the breath because, right, COVID-19 is a respiratory illness, right? It's a, it's a source of anxiety. What can be really helpful about this kind of controlled breathing is we're going to go to one of those places where we might feel anxious and use it as a way of building calm. Or also, as a side benefit, building our respiratory capacity by doing this kind of breathing. Um, so if at any point it feels overwhelming or it's not helpful, just breathe normally and you can just go along with the instruction. Uh, but let's give this a try, the box breathing. Okay, so each of those four parts of the breath we're going to do for four seconds. Um, and again, if it's too hard, you can do it for two seconds or something like that. You and I, Dan, and those who are joining with us, we're going to do each of those parts, including the part where we don't have breath, for four seconds. Okay, so one extra little step. To make sure we're taking full breaths, we're gonna do something that's gonna look a little funny, but they can only see you and me, so it doesn't matter. Um, we're gonna kind of put our sort of thumbs under our arms a little bit and our hands, you can have your hand kind of on your heart. And the reason we're doing this is we can breathe into our thumbs. Let's just practice doing that before we even do the box breathing. You're breathing. You can feel your lungs expand horizontally as well as vertically. And this has a way that's been shown in a number of studies to kind of calm the nervous system, breathing in this horizontal way. The diaphragm is actually this remarkable muscle that moves in all these different directions. And by consciously kind of breathing into our thumbs, so to speak, the thumbs are just there to let you know, oh, I'm taking a nice deep inhale, okay? All right, so let's, so just doing that, we'll keep our hands here. And you don't know, you can do it with your eyes open, eyes closed, it doesn't matter. It might be helpful, eyes closed, to focus. I'm going to keep my eyes open, though. So we're going to take an inhale for four full seconds, like, you're, like a really long inhale, okay? One. And we're going to try to hold that. Four, and now we're going to exhale. One, two, three, four. This may be a little challenging. We're going to hold it here. Two, three four, and then inhale again. One, two, three, four. Now we're holding full. One, two, three, four. Exhaling. One, two, three, four. Now we're still. One, two, three, four. Inhale. One, two, three, Four, holding, one, 
and just exhale and we'll stop for a moment. Okay, that's the basic practice. We're gonna try for this next part uh, to do the inhale with the nose and the exhale with the mouth. So the inhale, this is again from my friend Ari Weller. It's like you're smelling your favorite delicious fragrance, you know, something cooking in the in the kitchen or flowers or something like that. So you're taking and trying not to like take gasp for air, just mm, you know, savoring that air that inhale. And when you exhale through the mouth, it's kind of a letting go. And this really works to, and again, this this really saved me <laughs> over these first couple of weeks. So I'm gonna we'll all do it together. Uh, in through the nose and out through the mouth, four seconds of each of the four steps of the box breathing. All right, let's inhale together through the nose. One. And then holding. Exhale through the mouth. And then empty. And inhale. Holding, exhale, holding, inhale, holding, exhale, holding. Inhale, holding, exhale, And we're going to gently come out of that meditation right now. Thank you, Jess. Appreciate that. Did we lose? Uh, did we lose? Okay, we lost. Uh, when, Jay, when, oh. when did I get dropped? I <laughs> was so calm for me, and then like the whole thing dropped out. <laughs> what? How? <laughs> that's really embarrassing. I feel like that's never happened on Ten Percent Live except for me. <laughs> we part of being uh, a practitioner. Patient is being open to new experiences. Uh, no, that's really weird. <laughs> I, I didn't. Uh, I didn't find that to be jarring because um, uh, I just assumed you dropped the instructions because it was we were ready to do it on our own. Perfect. That, is, that was exactly my intention. 
<laughs> yeah, nothing happened on my end. I had no idea. Uh, it, just, it just suddenly dropped. So let me just sum up a little bit with some words rather than the practice part, and then we'll go to Q&A. What's great about that practice is it gives you a little bit to do. It gives the mind something to focus on. Uh, and just it, that's not your thoughts, right? So you're doing this technique and you've got your thumbs over here and you're holding in the thing. And that just, it calms the whole body-mind system. And that's why I think it's been so helpful. It's just like bypassing the whole whole system of the brain and thoughts and all that stuff and just calming the calming the body to calm the mind so that's what i love about that practice uh that um that i taught some of <laughs> <laughs> i no, i mean actually if I, I was when i heard jess come on our producer jess that was the magical voice that that we all heard i was a little like i was ready to keep doing more so uh <laughs> not that i'm ever unhappy to hear from jess but um it was I, I really liked it, and I, for the exact reasons that you just described, because the, you're giving the monkey in the, uh, the monkey mind something to do that really does require concentration. Um, so in some, it's like a vacation from myself. That's uh, right. Which I and like. you can do it anytime. You know, you're stressed out. You're in the middle of something. You can do two or three rounds of box breaths, and just you don't need to like set a special meditation time. And that's how I do it. You know, if like anxiety is rising up, but I need to show up and be there for my daughter who's two years old, um, I might just do a couple of box breaths. You can increase the length of the holds as you get more familiar with it, and it's just a wonderful little practice, a great tool for the toolkit, I think. Yeah. Thank you. I apologize to our listeners if you're hearing some howling. For some reason, every time I do this, I we do TPH Live, my, one of our cats, Steve, just sits in the corner and screams. So I apologize if that's being picked up on the mic. Here's a question from Jared Party. Hey, guys, I've been meaning to ask, what if you've been okay right along due to tools learned through meditation, et cetera, but now the usual tools are not working? I don't think it's as simple as trying harder. No, that's that. So that is so right. First of all, like, so let's say, you know, let's imagine that you're doing 10 units of meditation a day, whatever that means in your normal life. We are no longer in normal life. So it's going to take more than those same 10 units, whatever that means, whether it's 10 minutes or five minutes, whatever that means, where it's going to take more. Uh, in, in a strange way, and this is a paradox about meditation all the time, um, trying harder in a certain way try, means trying less hard, right? Uh, <laughs> like we want to amp up the calm, for example. So it's, if you think about like going to sleep, if you're trying to go to sleep, you can't say, all right, I'm really going to go to sleep. I'm really going to go to sleep, right? You have to just find a way to relax out of that. So the practice that we just did is an example of that, just doing extra calm. Um, and reaching for different tools. It sounds like um, Jared uh, is kind of an experienced meditator. And so you may need to change tools from the ones that you're used to to focus more on calming the body-mind system uh, that's under so much stress. It's so interesting, this issue of effort in meditation is such a, such a uh, it's so hard to, to manage. I've sometimes said it's like a video game where if you want to move forward, the only way is to not want to move forward. That's right. And yeah, it's, it's very hard to get your head around. Okay, so Beth um, weighs in with this question. Because we feel anxiety in our bodies and thus sitting can be more challenging sometimes, what are your feelings about being creative about our practice, walking, et cetera? 
Oh, absolutely. So, you know, for 2,500 years, people have been teaching meditation and have offered a variety of different practices based on the sort of body needs at the time. So walking meditation, for example, in the Buddhist tradition is very well known. Um, and there are many other traditions that also have movement meditation. Yoga, obviously, is perhaps probably the most most obvious example. Um you know, there's also for a lot of us, we're getting a lot less physical movement now than we are accustomed to. Uh, and so you want to compensate for that. Uh, absolutely. Sometimes anxiety for me, I feel it primarily is a, an embodied energy. Just it's like stuck there in the, in the heart center, in the center of my body, and I just won't move. And sometimes you just need to move it. Uh, and so that could be vigorous movement. Uh, it could be, you know, some stretching. It could be some yoga or something like that. And adding various different kinds of movement practice in can be really helpful. Uh, what we did with box breathing is trying to kind of calm the energy rather than expel the energy. But we've all got a lot of energy to expel too. So yeah, you want to think about ways to, whether it's, again, you know, moving around your apartment or whatever, uh, to uh, compensate for the lack of movement that most of us are experiencing. Yeah, I've been doing a ton of um, walking meditation in part because I'm not sleeping that much at night. I'm just my sleep's getting interrupted. I think it's quite common. And if I sit to meditate, I'm just falling asleep immediately. So walking meditation uh, is really been a great practice for me. And I did a well, very sorry. And Dan, you and I talked about this a few weeks ago that you do a pretty serious workout every morning, and yeah. I think that's like part of the secret sauce. I don't think it's just sitting in meditation that's going to do it. I think it's it's having a holistic approach to the body, and that may include doing again whatever the work it, workout is that you do, or or some other kind of vigorous movement. Yeah, I find that really helpful. Um, I was just going to say I did a very meditative thing. Instead of pushing away the howling cat, I called him over, and uh, all of a sudden he got quiet. So he seems pretty chill. Yeah, how about like, that? It's like dealing with our emotions. Um, uh, okay, Gene writes in: When I do box breathing, I struggle with the twelve counts of no breath in. I imagine as my capacity to hold breath improves, calm will come. Any thoughts? So yeah, so it's it's. We were just doing four seconds of each, so I'm not sure what the 12 counts part. So it's just four part, four seconds without breath, four second inhale, four second full, four second exhale. So just four seconds each, and you know you could just everybody who's doing this practice just find what feels good. If four actually doesn't feel like enough, you know, like oh I, I could go deeper, you could do more. Um, but uh, if uh, you know if it's feeling like it's too much, then definitely just do two seconds is fine. The main thing is to just become conscious of these four pieces of the breath uh, and just allow the body mind system to uh, to calm itself. It's what's nice about it is you don't have to do anything in a certain way. You just let the body do the calming. You don't have to like put in special intention. You know that oh this is I'm going to calm myself. Um, it's almost like you don't have to drive the car. The car is going to drive itself if you just kind of keep doing it. Um, Aton writes in, hey, Jay, in your academic career plus rabbinical studies, have you studied any Jewish meditation teachings? If so, could you compare it to Buddhist meditation? Yeah, this this answer will take about six hours. Uh, and, uh, I actually lead a Jewish meditation retreat. Uh, it probably will not happen this year, but it usually happens every year at the end of December. Uh, and we combine, actually, Jewish and Buddhist meditation practices. Um, I hate to self-promote, but it's in a couple of my books where, where I do an explicit kind of comparison of the Jewish and the Buddhist approaches to meditation. One of the books um, is called uh, Enlightenment by Trial and Error. 
I highly recommend that. And um, uh, what was the, the, the your, my favorite book of yours? Uh, why am I? Evolving Dharma is your Evolving Dharma, yes, I love yeah. that. Yeah, so the new book, Enlightened by Trial and Error, talks about that a lot. Um, and I think, you know, there are some wonderful Jewish meditation teachers out there uh, as well, if that's of interest. Um, you know, just given time, I can't really go into, the, like, all of the different differences. But for me, I find the two paths really complementary, uh, working well together. All right, Jay, great job, as always. Really appreciate you spending time with us. Sorry about the technical difficulties, but uh, thanks for hanging in there with us. That's not the worst thing that's happened. No, that, that is useful perspective. Uh, Tomorrow, I believe, Jess, it's Dr. Mark Epstein. Is that right? Yes, that's correct. All right. My old friend, Dr. Mark Epstein, is going to come on and give me some free therapy. And by extension, the rest of all the rest of us, he's also going to guide us in some meditation. Uh, if you like what we're doing, please tell everybody you know. That would be really helpful. And uh, on behalf of Jay Michelson, Steve, the three-toothed cat, and uh, all of us at 10% Happier, thanks for joining us. Stay home, stay healthy, stay safe, and we'll see you right back here tomorrow.